0: And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. None of what you're saying is reasonable. It's laughable. Ow. You're already dumb. Let's see if you can go to dumber. The X at 1059.
1: Joining us right now, it's Dayan Kovacevic from DKPittsburghSports.com. He's brought to us by Chapino Restaurant and Cigar Bar, the city's best seafood and chop house located in the strip. And Dan brought to us by Walnut Grill. DK, I understand you're covering Riverhounds and the Tampa Bay Rowdies, and I understand it's lit.
0: I understand that the experience will be lit, Ben. You're going to find out for yourself, because I'm sure you're coming down the hill to partake in this event as well, right?
1: I will be there, yes.
0: (laughs) What's going on, Ben? Uh,
1: Will this be streamed on DKPittsburghSports.com, and if so, will you show the national anthem? Uh,
0: They will have an anthem. Uh, I don't think it will be shown It's it's they they actually the the United Soccer League does have an arrangement with Watch ESPN, you know the uh, the online pay version Mm -hmm.
1: uh,
0: of ESPN. Uh, I somehow doubt that they're going to be all that concerned as to whether or not anybody sees the anthem. Uh, But yeah, it's uh, that's been quite a story.
1: Um, well, it has I, been, and it's, it's a little bit frustrating for me because, and, and actually, as we moved along the show today, it got a little bit better. Like, I, I do find the debate over whether or not the networks have an obligation to show it for news value versus not showing it for relationship value over business to be an interesting conversation. And I also find it to be interesting from a fan standpoint, Deon, because the vast, overwhelming majority of people consume football on television, not in the stadium. And it just feels to me like so many more people think they see the anthem all the time on TV when they don't. They don't. It's hardly ever been shown.
0: That was was my number one impression today was, okay, and because you don't see the anthem. Ask yourself when is the last time you saw, even locally on AT&T Sportsnet, uh, the American anthem or when the Penguins are playing, when they do both anthems. Uh, Occasionally it'll happen, but it's not something that's done Religiously, for the national broadcast, it's almost never. So why even bother, uh, you know, announcing or coming up with any kind of decision related to this, other than the fact that last season it became such a big deal uh, that they went out of their way to televise these things and even had cameramen. Uh, you saw it in person, Tim, as did I, and both both at Heinz Field and other NFL stadiums going right up and down the sideline as if they were taking roll call to see who's standing, who's kneeling, who's there, who's not. Um, I think that they just basically wanted to, meaning ESPN, to go across the board with something and say, look, we're just not going to bother with this stuff.
1: Yeah, and now it's not about making things better, it's about winning. And that's where the problem really comes into play. It's, you know... Uh, not Now it's not just a matter of the players um, have to stand for the anthem. They're not allowed to stay in the locker room. Uh, and the players who want to kneel aren't going to accept being told to stay in the locker room. Like Everybody wants to win now. There is no middle ground to be had.
0: No, this is just what a mess they've made for themselves, really. Regardless of what your stance is uh, on this, and I understand and respect the, the players stance who have chosen to go either way with this thing. But, you know, you're doing it still at the place of employment, at the place where you get paid. And people mistake an awful lot First Amendment stuff. Well, that's free speech. It's not, no, not when it comes to private employment, not when it comes, which is what the NFL still is. Uh, if you want to go and kneel in market square, make your own statement have a public demonstration, that's what the First Amendment guarantees you the right to do. Uh, to do it while you're working, uh, that's a little different because that's up to your bosses and ultimately, when you're talking specifically about the NFL, the collective bargaining agreement.
1: Dan Kovacevic with us, DKPittsburghSports.com. Dan, will people be kneeling in protest of Le'Veon Bell and his performance in September as they did last year?
0: You mean his rap or are you talking about his football? Oh,
1: I've been kneeling over that for a long time.
0: Wow. <laughs> Even by his standards this last one was no winner uh, I, I will I will say that Has
1: Shady McCoy talked about that yet by the way?
0: <laughs> he is gonna be he is gonna he's gonna have the Cleveland game see that's the thing that he'll get away with uh, I think a lot of them have that and it's one of the beautiful things about opening against the Browns is that it is that fifth preseason game you Yeah it didn't go that
1: way last year though did it?
0: I mean you know it did and it didn't i,
1: I mean, mean they worked their way into shape but if anybody besides deshaun kaiser is the quarterback they lose that game
0: yeah i know i know but nonetheless you know they're still the browns and you can get away with a performance like that which is kind of my point and you know Levion wasn't able to move two inches in that game and they were still able to to get things done so uh, i think you're going to see he's going to have a struggle uh he, he's going to have uh, you know a game or two where he's not himself and we're all going to be peppering him with questions about it. He's going to get sick of it. He's going to, you know, go somewhere and talk about how beleaguered he is and how nobody respects him. And then he's going to come out in week three or four and just absolutely erupt. Yeah. See, I don't even I know think, if he's
1: going to do that because he so rarely does that in season in front of us. He does it on his phone when he's by himself on meant. Twitter yeah. away from
0: us. Oh no, no, I meant erupt on the field. Oh no, no, no.
1: <laughs> when you said he's going to feel beleaguered and blah and that sort of stuff and like you know, he's yeah, no, no,
0: no. He does that. You no, know, in front of us, he's. I mean, he's all yeah, he's smiling. He's and happy, a different guy. And, yeah, and as soon as he gets, and as soon as he gets anywhere near uh, a phone or an online device, all of a sudden it, it's the world is coming down on his shoulders. So, look, uh, you know his he is what he is, uh, and the Steelers know that, and they know that for better and worse, and they know that they've got you know the most dynamic running back in the NFL. Whether you think he's the best or not. It's indisputable that he's the most dynamic in terms of the different things that he offers you to the offense. Uh, They don't have an alternative to that, not at this stage, not with a quarterback of this experience. Offensive line has learned how to block for him uh, with his patient running style. He is all that and more, and they need him to win the Super Bowl.
1: Well, Deion, you know, this is the premise that I advanced today, not only in the Trib, but on air today, filling in for Mark, And, and it's about our maybe... I don't know, predetermined belief that it's going to be all about Lev early in the season as it was last year. Like, you know, first three and actually to five weeks, well beyond when Lev started to get going, the rest of the team wasn't exactly in sync. You know, like, Ben was really bad against Jacksonville in week five. The offensive line wasn't as awesome as it normally has been in recent years. There were other aspects to the offense beyond Le'Veon Bell that were problematic last year, and... Because they wound up thirteen and three, and everybody got in sync by the end, we just sort of look back and say, "Oh, well, the wild card must have been that Bell wasn't around for preseason and training camp." And, yeah,
0: no, no, no. I, I love this point because everyone forgets that for the first seven weeks, better part of the first seven weeks, we were remember the stuff about Ben's arm strength.
1: Yeah, well, he, the old, old cow- The field. old cowboy didn't have it anymore.
0: Oh, he didn't have it right, and and he and he couldn't uh, he couldn't hit guys who were wide open as they were moving uh, down down the field. Uh, now you look at the different weapons that he has, and I think you could have a different script on that count alone uh, because we've seen what James Washington in particular has done in this training camp, that he can offer a different dimension to the passing attack. The thing that's really different, though, Tim, about the offense, I think, as it projects into this year, is that you have guys. Think about this. With Washington and Juju, and actually A.B., too, Any of the three can line up in the slot for the big play. Yeah. And that's something that I don't know. Any team in the NFL has that capability. And they practice a lot with that formation. We saw it in Latrobe. We've seen it in the preseason. Any of those three guys can find a way to burst a seam to get a big play that's not necessarily the Martavis-style big play where you just line up to the outside and go running for broke. Uh, These are these are good quality plays that Ben is very comfortable with throwing and hitting. Uh, if they can pull those off on a consistent basis, not necessarily mean 70-yarders or whatever, I'm just talking about for decent games or first downs, you're going to see a very different-looking Steelers offense that might just might take the script away from on Bell early on.
1: Dan DK with Sports from DKPittsburghSports.com. Tim Ben's in for Mark Madden. Where do you fall on the Browns and all the attention they're getting as a result of hard knocks? Do you think all the gambling love affair with them uh, skewing the line with so much money coming in on Cleveland, uh, the attention that's being paid to them is just, just a result of the scuttlebutt about how intriguing hard knocks is this year, more so than raw about how good they're going to be.
0: Oh, it's absolutely that. I mean, you know, when, When you're in that position, you're kind of like, uh, well, another team that's in town right now, the Braves. Remember when they were America's team because they were the TBS team. They were the one that everybody got to watch. So they became like the running reality show, if you will. This is a little bit older school. Uh, But everybody who didn't already have a baseball team anywhere in the eastern half of the country adopted the Braves because they were on TV all the time. And the Browns – I mean, they offer legit drama, you know? I, I used to say this when I covered the Pirates through a, an unfortunately large chunk of their 20 years of losing, the, the consecutive years. But they offered so much more compelling material to write about than they did when they started winning, you know? I mean, if, if, if at least if you're not afraid to write about.
1: Right, and actually, you know what, that, that's a that's a good segue, down because I did want to get to the Pirates, too, and Clint Hurdle's role, because we're starting to hear grumblings of dissatisfaction about Hurdle as a manager, and whether or not the Pirates should consider firing him. I don't think that they will. I don't know if they should, because uh, is somebody else going to come in here and do better? You know, with, with with S-Rod and with Jordan Luplo, I I, I well, don't think that do they are. What
0: you by the grumblings? I'm, I'm not sure I followed you. Well, grumblings.
1: you know, I'm hearing, actually, ironically, from their own flagship station today. A couple of shows had talked about um, firing current okay, hurdles.
0: Like actual pirates? Or no, no, no,
1: no, not not oh, players. Okay. Just so
0: no. we clear on that, Media yeah,
1: scuttlebutt. I mean, fan, fan d- yeah.
0: Manager. Yeah, fan people, angst. People think the manager was the one who, had, who came up with the insane decision in San Francisco to you know, to start Clay Holmes and to push the rotation back a day, it wasn't him at all, and the Pirates front office admitted that through a surrogate three days later after they let Clint get buried for it publicly. Uh, you know this this team is in one hell of a slump right now. I mean, you're talking about
1: oh, historic.
0: You know, it's it's historic. Yeah,
1: 1907 stuff.
0: It's it's mind-boggling to see. Uh, some of the, the, the comparisons are how far they've had to go back. And, and, you know, this group is capable of hitting. We've seen it. It's not guesswork. In July, I mean, July was, what, two weeks ago? They they led the majors in home runs. So you'd be okay with them bringing him back next year then? I don't think he's an issue in, in one direction or the other. I, if there are issues within his staff. I and mean, Joey Cora, the third base coach, can't possibly come back. I mean, he's gotten 20 guys thrown out at home plate. That's twice as many as you should be able to, to to pull off, even with an aggressive approach, which he doesn't have. He doesn't have an approach. He stops guys when they should be scoring. Yeah,
1: there's uh, been know, some the of that this year too.
0: Is, the manager is the most convenient of all possible scapegoats. Let me ask you this, Tim: Who's he had? Who's he had brought up from Indianapolis, other than Austin Meadows? The entire season, name me one player who's come up from Indianapolis that Hurdle's been able to say, here, here, I can plug in this hole with this guy.
1: No, you're right. There's no Connor Sheary here. You know, there's, no, there's no Brian Ruster, Jake Gensel here.
0: Nope. Yeah. Uh, no, there, isn't, there isn't even a Dominic Simone in the group.
1: Oh, I think they're all Dominic Simones. Um, <laughs> before I go, Dan, i only got 30 seconds. This Starling Marte visit to the doctor, was this a Martevis Bryant headache situation, or what did we just witness here with him? No, nah,
0: he's pouting. He does that. He does that it's it's not a character strength on his end uh i've gotten to know him really well over the years and when something happens that's not good to him uh he'll go and stalk in the corner and i've seen him myself doing it this week uh he feels like he carried the team and he's right for the better part of this summer and if the first time something went wrong everybody turned on him that's just how he is it's who he is
1: Dayon, thanks enjoy the riverhounds game we'll talk again soon
0: I'll see you Tim Thank you
1: Alright that is Dan Kovacevic From DKPittsburghSports.com Check him out there And uh, thanks to Chris Adamski For joining us from the Trib And Andy Benoit as well For telling us Why and how The Steelers are going to beat The Patriots this year And go to the Super Bowl He still didn't tell me How 27-24 to 24 was going to stick For the Super Bowl though Against the Falcons What do you see He tried to blame that On the editors right he Let them pick the score and no, They should have picked it better Mark's back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. This is 105.9 The X.